Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike or tread, dancing on social media, or cuddle up with wine watching reality television. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 128. I'm your hostess, Brittany Crossan. I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, have fun with social media and in your business and hopefully in your life as well. I'm so glad that you're here for another episode. My guest today is really special. And look, I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again because my guests are all amazing. Casey Graham is the guest on the show today. And Wait until you hear what this dude has got to say. It is some cool shit. It's important shit, really. Um, I met Casey on LinkedIn um, because I meet all amazing people through social media, of course. And um, and he went over this thing that he talks about in his book and that he talks about in his um, business in general, right, about owner's intent or career intent and like basically like figuring out what do you want? What do you really actually want? Like he says, you know, most people can tell you what they don't want in their business and life, you know, but not everybody can tell you specifically what they do want, like really quickly, like just say it. It's hard for people. And it's so true. So he goes through this exercise and it's so impactful and powerful. You absolutely have to listen to the very, very end. You're going to love it. So Okay, so that's coming up in just a few minutes. Um, next up, I want to give a welcome to everyone that joined Small Biz Socialist Society last week during our spring promotion. Um, welcome, welcome. I know I've already talked to you on social media, but I want to say it here publicly because I'm so excited about um, growing our community. It's really important to grow this community because this community is doing such fantastic stuff. So if you don't know, I I founded Small Biz Social Society back in 2020 um, to help really ambitious entrepreneurs that want to stand out on social media and use my experiences standing out on social media. And then also like combined with my experience in my agency work with my clients where we manage their social media and combine all of that knowledge and those forces together to create this membership that's a super low cost, 18 bucks a month. Um, incredibly affordable, super fun people in the membership, smart, creative. We have like so much education and we have group coaching and get togethers and all this fantastic stuff. And we, um, we added some new family members last week. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited because we have our first ever in-person event this June, right here in my hometown of Houston, Texas. It's called Social Success 2022. And it's um, a pretty intimate event. Actually, there's limited space. And we're going to have a weekend together where we have education, of course, on social media marketing and business, but also some relaxation and some fun and seeing each other in person for the first time ever. It's really special. Like I almost like can't even contain my emotions when I talk about it. I'm... Really, really excited. Um, so, but it's for members only. So, if you missed the spring promotion, we did not close enrollment. There's just no 
extra freebie like there was last week. So you can still join because if you want to go to Social Success 2022 in Houston, whether you live near Houston or not, whatever, everyone's welcome. You have to be a member of Small Biz Social Society to be eligible to attend. Okay. So anyway, you can get all that information. Go to smallbizsocialsociety.com and all of it's there. I want to have a really important chat with you really quick before we talk to Casey, because actually these, these topics kind of go together nicely. And by the end of this episode, you're going to be on fucking fire and ready to go and rule the world and, and do all the cool things in your business and your life. Trust me. Um, Casey's awesome. I want to contribute to that right now. Okay. So if you follow me on Instagram, you may remember that last week in my stories, I talked about this and I want to talk about it right here because it's incredibly important. I want to talk to you about your realization of the good that you're doing for others by showing up on social media, by having your business, by having your brand, by doing your thing. All right. And the reason why I want to talk about this is a very specific moment that inspired it. You know, small, medium, large moments in our lives, um, that that's what inspires a lot of things, a lot of action, a lot of thoughts, a lot of changes, all of that, right? It, it can start really small. And so I was on my treadmill, um, not dancing. I was actually running on the treadmill, believe it or not. I do use it for running. And um, I, it was, you know, it was last week during the promotion for Small Biz Social Society. So like more people were enrolling than what, you know, would normally do because of the, because of the special offer. So my phone will show me notifications when that happens. And so I could see my phone right there on the treadmill and I saw a notification that this one particular uh, person joined. And this is somebody that I knew, I mean, you know, through the internet and I had been really and truly thinking, man, she would be so badass in this community. Like she's an awesome person with stuff to offer. She would love the other people already there. Like I literally had thought about this, right? specifically, and even had just like a quick exchange with her. And I saw that she joined and I was so damn excited over here, like nasty sweating, you know, red face running over here on my treadmill that I actually said out loud to myself, good for her. Good for fucking her. Yes. Like, oh, I was so stoked for this girl that she was joining this community. She was taking this next step in her journey to stand out even more on social media, to, to do it alongside, you know, all these really great people that are, that are in the, the membership. And I genuinely felt happy for her. Not once did I in that moment feel happy for me. So that's why I ask you, do you ever stop for a sec and think about the good you're doing for someone else and really appreciate the value of that, right? Because it's actually about that. So in that moment when I saw that she joined and I knew it, this would be a very good move for her to be in this group, I, I felt that genuine excitement for her. And I just, for some reason in that moment, it just took over, thank goodness, because that's that's what I want to happen. I didn't think about the fact of like, oh, cool, you sold something, Brittany. Yay, woohoo, we got a sale. That's not what I fucking thought. I thought about her and started to envision the things that are going to come out of this for her and for her business and her life. Because whenever you get into the room with other badass people, it just elevates you even more. You want to surround yourself with people that are 
fantastic, that are smart, that are creative, that are doing great things, that are doing things that you want to do, that you can learn from each other, all those things. And that's what this girl did for herself, as have, you know, everyone that, as has everyone that's that's joined Small Biz Social Society, I guess, and we really want to break it down. But in this case, I just had this specific moment. And here's the thing, when it comes to being happy for the other person, this is like a sales thing as well, as well in your business, right? Let me break it down for you. You have to shift your mindset just the way that I've experienced, and that's why I'm speaking on it. As soon as I shifted my mindset from I'm desperate for more clients, I'm desperate for more customers, I'm desperate for more money, oh my God, please, please, oh my God, will they please buy this thing? And then when whenever it happens, you know, celebrating myself and good for me and I sold a thing, right? Instead of that, I shifted away from that desperation mindset and thought, when someone buys from me or joins a thing or collaborates or, you know, whatever, has something to do with what I'm doing, I need to be happy for them. And look, this may sound like some arrogant thing. It's actually not arrogance. It's not about like you you being like, oh, you're so lucky to have my shit to get my services. It's not like that. You have to remember your place. So my place in in my business, just because we're talking about that, at this moment, right? Whether it's client-based stuff, whether it's the membership, whether it's the show, listeners like you, my place is to be a part of your journey. You're the star of your show. I'm a part of your journey in the sense that I'm helping you with your social media, your brand, your business, um, you know, hopefully inspiring you to do big things with your life. I'm just a part of that for you. And it's about you. It's not fucking about me. There's times when it's about me, and that's okay. We all need to have those moments in our life. But not right now. It's not about me. That membership is not about me. It's about them. It's about you guys, the members. And it's about how I'm going to help you get to where you need to be. And as soon as you shift from, oh, I'm desperate for customers. I'm desperate for clients. I'm desperate for this. Oh, I need it. I need it. I need it. And you shift into... I'm not desperate. There's always plenty of people that are going to need my thing, even if they don't come at the exact times that I thought they would. There's plenty of people that can buy my thing, that can sign up for my thing, that can hire me for this, that can do all these things. And then when they do, you're happy for them because you're so confident in the fact that what you have is valuable. What you're selling, what you're doing is valuable that you're actually genuinely stoked that they get to be your customer, your client, because you know it's good for them. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a total shift. And like I said, it's not from arrogance. There's a big difference between being arrogant, arrogant and also being, or versus, you know, like being confident in the fact that what you do is of value because it is of value. Everything that you're doing and that you're working on, I know, I know you guys that are listening to this. I hear from you on social media. And if you haven't said hi yet, DM me. Let's say hi. I know that you're working on things. And I also know that there's plenty more things you want to be working on and you want to be doing. There's st- there's a message you have to give out into the world. There's a whole reason why you're exploring the social media world in the first place. Because you want to get a message out. You want to get your help out there, your talents, your skills, your abilities, whatever you have to offer, you know, and you're going to start to feel everything shift 
when you start to do what I'm talking about right here, when you start to realize that that person that bought your thing is actually the one you should be happy for and not just for yourself. I mean, you know, be happy for yourself. Have a drink. Celebrate. Cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when I, anytime I sell anything, my, my children actually benefit. If you buy something from me, it literally helps to feed my children. So clearly that's a good thing. And we want to always be happy about that and be grateful. But it's all about that mindset. And as soon as I shifted from desperation to I'm not desperate, I know there's plenty of people out there that can buy my thing. I know what I have to offer is valuable. And when they do decide to buy it, I should actually be genuinely happy for them because they are choosing something that is valuable, that I know is going to be good because I believe in myself. I believe in how I can help them because I have helped people and I will help more. And happy for them that they are going forward in their journey of whatever they're doing. Whether you sold them shampoo so that their hair looks shinier or you are a therapist and you help them work through their deepest, darkest demons from one end to the next, you have something that people need and it is of value. You have to remember that. So just like I was on that treadmill and I saw whenever she joined and I said, good for fucking her. You say that. Say that every time somebody buys something from you or joins your email list or or sends you a nice message on social media. Say, you know what? I'm happy for that person because they saw what I was doing and they got value from that and it actually helped their lives and it's a positive contribution to them. Anyway, all right. I hope that that helps. It's been on my mind so heavily and that shift from desperation to not being desperate anymore and knowing what I have as a value um, and understanding its contribution has just been absolutely incredible, honestly, in my world. It's helped me look at things completely different in my business. It's helped me feel even more confident than I already was, and it helps me be less stressed, that's for sure. And also, um, it's attracting more business, to be honest. That's what's happening. So it's fantastic. Um, Okay. That's it for my chat with you. I love these chats with you. They mean so much to me. And because it's a podcast, I can't see you and I can't hear you. So please do me a solid and reach out. You can you can leave a, um, a five-star review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Please do that if you have not already. You can follow the show um, on Instagram, on Facebook, and now also on LinkedIn and pretty soon on TikTok. So we're all over the place, Social Sunshine Podcast. And then also me. Find me, Brittany Crossin. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's my hub. Send me a message. Say hello that you listen to the show. You can share the show in your stories, like take a screenshot when you're listening, share it in your stories, and then tag me, tag the show. Um, I would love, love, love to hear from you. So that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so happy for you that you have taken the time to do this for yourself today and to listen to some good stuff in this podcast. Coming up next is my guest, Casey Graham. 
Today's guest is a lifelong entrepreneur and the co-founder and CEO of Gravy Solutions, the first and only payment recovery solution for subscription-based businesses. He actually founded and sold three companies prior to launching Gravy in 2017. He prides himself not only on achieving unconventional success that owners can emulate, but on being best known as a family man. He's been married to his wife, Casey, since 2004, and they have two children, Darby and Gage. When he's not actively leading Gravy, you can find him fishing, enjoying a good cigar, or watching Alabama football. And a fun fact, he was in a band called The Suits, where everyone else wore a suit, and he wore a baseball uniform. Uh, welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, author of the No BS Small Business Book, Casey Graham. That was a hell of an intro. I love an intro. I don't know who wrote it. <laughs> oh, like it. oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> who wrote it? <laughs> it was no, you. I love what you guys gave us. Like yeah. it's a, for the listener. Like we ask for some information, and I love to put that together because I think it's fun yeah. for you to have to like witness it, like kind of embarrass you a little, and give you some praise, like right from the bat. <laughs> I love it. It's so great to be here. Well, thank thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy dude and I, I seriously appreciate you taking the time. I love what you talk about, what you do. We met on LinkedIn. Um, I'm reading your book. We've got so much cool stuff to talk about. Um, so thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, if you would, before we dive into, cause we have a really cool topic for everybody today that I think is incredibly important for myself. <laughs> I need to work on these things and everybody else. But before we get started, I mean, I just would love to hear in your own words, um, a little bit about your story of how you, you sold the previous three companies and then now you're with gravy and, and kind of just like a little bit about that, that journey. I would love to hear that. Yeah. If I had to break it into two parts of my adult life, the first part would be about, uh, trying to be successful. Um, and so the, the first three start grow and sell, uh, stories that sounds great, but at the end of it, I ended in uh, shambles personally, uh, ended in a depression, uh, not wanting to live another day, uh, ended sitting in a Starbucks, uh, after making millions of dollars, two weeks later, uh, not wanting to go home cause my wife didn't like me. I didn't like me. Um, you know, I felt like I'd kind of just sold out my soul for this thing called success, but felt really empty. And so that would be the first part of my, 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 my journey. And there's a lot of learnings inside of it of, yeah, growing a business and scaling it and selling it. But there's also the personal side of the, the grind that we go through to do that. And what are we, what do we give up to get that success? Or what do we give up to get that paycheck? Or what do we give up to get the things that we think we want? And so that was part one. And thank God I had some great friends. I had a great counselor. Thank God my wife is full of grace and love and walked with me for a 14 month journey that I call a desert season and of my life. Uh, I think we all have desert seasons at different points. And, and, but, but I think most people that I meet, uh, by the time you hit 50, you've usually had at least one that was the one of like, that one was the major one of like, not like a two month or three month, like that was a big life. It could be a death. It could be a ending of a relationship. It could be a, you know, all something big that happened in our life. And that was mine. Hopefully <laughs> I hope I don't have one tomorrow, but, but then after that, I would summarize my life as I started uh, in the whole idea of gravy is uh, a journey towards significance. Um, meaning that I learned what success couldn't fulfill in me. And I want to have a significant life that benefits other people. Of course, it'll benefit me, 
but not just about me and living out that significance. Um, and that's what my journey at Gravy, a CEO, founder of Gravy, but then has been about and helping other people via LinkedIn and social media and that kind of thing is I want to, I want to live a significant life. But I, I'm so glad you started with that and you shared that. And of course I read some of that in your book as I'm reading right now. Um, and I, I love, if you don't mind me asking, what is it? I, I could try to find it. Your, your yeah. friend, your friend at Starbucks said something. Richard. So, so he said something so kind to you when you were having yeah. this, these horrible thoughts and, and feelings yeah. and all these things. What did he say? I love you. And yeah, it, 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 there's nothing you can tell me that would make me love you less. Oh, and, 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 uh, an another thing I didn't write about is he said, um, I've had the same thoughts too. Oh yeah. And so I call it the me too moment. Yeah. And the me too moment is when we get vulnerable enough with serious stuff in our heart and our life and our mind. And we share with somebody else and literally the best relationships that you'll ever have is somebody that will look across the table, look across the screen, look across the, uh, across the phone and go me too. Like, yeah. and, and like really mean it. Like I've, I'm with you. And so that was those moments for me. And uh, hopefully this podcast can be that moment for the listeners. Oh, I think it will for a lot of people. I'm really excited about this. And, and, and you're right. It's like, it kind of, when you, when you open up to somebody and this is actually kind you can kind of relate this to some things we talk about on this podcast when it comes to social media, because a lot of people out there want to open up about certain things, right. Maybe publicly. And they yeah. want to talk about it to help others. And they're doing it through social media. And you had that conversation with your friend and you're right. Yeah. It's like when we open up to about something, it helps others do the same. So it's really a beautiful, cool thing that happens there. Um, okay. So, so this is like <laughs> maybe a random question, but why payment solution? Why, why, why did you like, is that, why did you choose this kind of business? Just because you felt like, cause for anybody that doesn't know you're recovering money for people, for businesses, right? Like the, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, was, do you have a history in that kind of work or? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> well, Hey, I think it's interesting though, as to why people choose what they choose, because a lot of times it's not quite as deep as what people like want it to be. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've started no joke, like 20 businesses in my life. Wow. Like legitimately. Yeah. Um, only four of them have stuck. <laughs> so it's 80, 20 principles. So my whole thing is you start enough of them, at least 20% of them will work. <laughs> so people get so focused on this one idea and I'm like, no, do 10. And then one is really good. And That's so, right. um, I got into this because when I was trying to sell my last company, we had subscriptions and payments. And when I went to sell the business, uh, there was a private equity group, which is basically really rich people that all look the same and they wear suits and uh, they sit at old 1987 conference room tables and they almost like have PowerPoint, literally it's called PowerPoint still on the, but, but they have tons of money that they want to give you. And so uh, I was sitting at that table and within about literally before I drank my first cup of coffee in the meeting of trying to sell my business to those really rich, powerful people, um, they basically showed me how much money we were losing from failed payments in our business, meaning that then the amount, the amount of millions of dollars that they were going to give us in nine minutes went and cut in about 50, over 50%. And so I didn't sell the business to them 
that day. And I went back and took two years to fix that problem in our business. And then two years later, I went back to them and then they, they gave us a five X offer on what we originally were going to do it because we fixed failed payments. And so the idea of failed payments came from me fixing that problem in my own business and going, I wonder if every, anybody else has this problem. And it turns out that everybody does. So that's how we started gravy. <laughs> that is, I'm so glad I asked. That is so interesting. Um, yeah. People I, make it too complicated. <laughs> yes. Very true. Very true. That's something that I believe as well. Um, okay. So let's dive into this whole conversation. I'm super excited to have. And as I told you before we started recording, so everybody listening, I am reading uh, Casey's book in front. If this, if this video clip gets chosen, you can see the, vi- the, the book here in the video clip, but um, the no BS small business book, um, how to win when most fail. This is like right up my alley. I was so stoked about this book. And so I I wanted to talk about how he talks about owner's intent, how you talk about owner's intent. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And, and it actually, you asked this really simple question. Like you just said, like overcomplicating it happens all the time. Right. And this is simple question. And when I read this, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's a good question. (laughs) Maybe I should work on this. So tell me what does owner's intent even mean? Tell all of us, please. Yeah. The simple version is answering the question. What do you really want? Like, what do you really, really, really want? And I've asked that question to a thousand people literally. And then I just shut up. What do you want? And the other side is usually a list three miles deep of everything they don't want. And uh, is rambling around all of this like ethereal stuff. Like, I just want to make a difference. And, you know, I want to be an influencer. Or I want to, but you know, all these different like big words and I'm, and I just listen or whatever. And essentially the longer the answer or the longer the list of what they don't want means that they actually don't know what they want. And so the actual definition of owner's intent is a one sentence statement that will inform all of your business decisions, how to get ruthlessly honest about yourself and your business and career about what you really want from both. That's the actual definition. It's, it's the ruthlessly honest answer because what I found through my story was I was a liar unintentionally to myself and to everybody around me about why I wanted to be successful in business. And I paid the price for it. And I'm trying to help people um, become congruent in actually being honest about what they want, because then that is the most fulfilling place to live in a, whether you're a one man or one woman shop, or you have thousands of employees and everywhere in between, if you can answer this question, you can live a fulfillment and you'll feel more successful and you'll feel fulfilled. Like you've gotten the job done. And most entrepreneurs never really feel that way. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Yes. Okay. So what, tell me this, and, and I know everybody's going to be a little bit different and vary some, but like, where do you think someone should draw the line or maybe a boundary on like it being too vague or too, too much too I want, I want, I want, and having like a long list rather than, I mean, don't, don't you feel like we, it has to be focused down right to something I, I'm trying to make it tangible for somebody so they could actually go do this exercise. So like, do they need to choose yeah, like so one or two rules. things? Let's start with the rules. Okay. Okay even though I hate rules. I'm sure you do too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number one is it must be one. Um, 
very difficult to have. Oh, wait, say that one, one more time. Say that one more time. The audio messed up. Number one is it what? Mu- number one is it must be one sentence. Okay. Sound, sounds easy. It took me nine. It took me about 90 days to get my sentence clear. One so, sentence. Okay. One sentence. Like, because people are like, I can't do it. Well, the reason you can't do it is because you, you're not willing to make the decision to be ruthlessly honest. That's the reason. It's, it's like, it really does come down to making it that simple and that clear, but it, it takes a lot of layers being peeled back, which we'll talk about. So it must be right. one sentence. Number, okay. number two, it must be yours. This is the hardest thing I see for people is to not your spouses, not your partners, not your mama and your daddy, not what the people at church think, not what your business partner thinks. You must make it yours. And this is so hard for people to say, I own my own intent and I'm going to be honest and clear about it. It must be yours. Number three is, it must be pressure tested, meaning you can't do it fast. You need some simmering time. And because if it's going to be the lens through which you make decisions in your business, you need to make some decisions through it and kind of test it out before you solidify and say, this is it. Because people get all hot and bothered and go, well, mine is to da 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 And I go, okay, well, have you really thought about what that means you're willing to sacrifice, what you're meaning to prioritize, what you're like, like, it's like, oh, well, if you're saying it that way, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying it that way. Like, this is a big deal. This is your freaking life. This is how you're going to end up somewhere. You're going to, you might as well end up there on purpose. This is the purpose of how you end up in that position that you want to live your life to end up in. So that's the gravity of this. And you go, wow, that seems really big. It is, but it starts really small. And it's harder for smaller business owners to do this than it is larger business owners is what I found as well. Why do you think? Because they don't see themselves as a business owner. Like they see themselves as I'm so-and-so and I do this thing, you know, like I'm a social media influencer, whatever. And I don't have 50,000 employees. And I don't have to do it. It's like, no, no, no. You, if you, any human needs a life intent. I teach this real, I teach career intent. Meaning like, if you're going to have career, like you've got to be ruthlessly honest. It's got to be one sentence. It must be yours. It must be pressure tested. Why do you work at gravy? And so we, we do an intro class called why I gravy. And I make people be ruthlessly honest about why they're here. Meaning like I'll uncover that somebody's here and and they'll say, well, they, they all lie. Everybody lies. I'm just so excited about the opportunity. And I, I'm just so, I want to be here. I want to make a difference for the business and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? And then I drill on them. And then like people say, well, actually, now that you say that, I actually am a military spouse and I'm tired of having to start over at the bottom of the totem pole every two years when I change jobs. And I want to work in a virtual environment where I can have stability. So when we move every two years, so I don't even care if I advance. I just want stability. Great answer. Like, so we start drilling down. 
Another person said, well, I'm here because of the opportunity. I'm like, bullshit. Like you're here as a salesperson. I've never met a salesperson. that's just happy being the salesperson forever. What do you want? He's like, well, actually I'm here to be a stepping. This is a stepping stone. So I can be a VP of sales tomorrow. Like, Great. We can be the best stepping stone in the world because you were honest about, I will help you. I will be your stepping stone. But now we're clear because the reality is your owner's intent will be true, whether or not you state it. You will make the decisions through that lens, whether or not you're clear about it. You just have to be honest about it because it's better for you and it's better for the people around you. So that's career. This is owner. And this is getting down to that one sentence. So I'll shut up. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no, you're doing great. This is fantastic. Um, so what, okay. So I love that you say you have to I've got other practical points too, if you want them. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Because you saw my face when you said um, that you need to try it a few times, like through that lens. That's I was right. like, ooh, ooh, I like that. Um, because I was thinking about that last night. I was, I was sitting in bed with your book and I was reading all this stuff and I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I feel like, should, do I need to hurry up and make this decision? But I love that you're encouraging people no. not to, because who knows? Like, what if you try it through that lens and you say, okay, this is my owner's intent. Right. And then you try it five times and you're like, oh, that sucked. That didn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. So, so the reason it's important would be like, um, let's just say you're a, how many people do you have in your business? Oh, me? Uh, yeah. Four, including me. Four, including you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you should have eight. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, exactly. So what happens is, is that I just should all over you. <laughs> no, okay. no, seriously, here's what happens. Culture is going to should yeah. all over you and your business of what you should and what you shouldn't do. And so we live in a, especially on LinkedIn, especially on YouTube and all these different things. Here's what you should do. And, and when people give advice, that you should do this. And, and your mom and your dad and your family and your church or your volunteer or your nonprofit, here's, what, here's how you should raise your kids. Here's how you should. And so I live by the principle that you should not, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm giving him a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let anybody should on my life or my leadership decisions that I'm going to come up with my own and have the conviction to create that. That's what this is, is that then it becomes a, a, uh, a filter through which everybody shoulds and everybody's opinions is filtered for you to get down and say, no, I don't want to have eight people. I want to have four people. And let me tell you the reason I have four people is because my owner's intent is to be, I'm making this up. I don't know what yours is, but I want to be able to get my kids off the bus at 3 p.m. and make six figures a year. I'm making that up. But if, if that's it, it's like, because if I have more people, then it's going to take away more time. And then I've got to make more money. And I'm not willing to do that because I want this for this season. And another key point of owner's intent is that it can change. So everybody gets scared to pick it because they're like, oh, I'm stuck. No, no, you're not stuck. But when you change your owner's intent, you've got to be clear about when you change it to yourself and to other people around you. Wow. Okay. okay? I was going to ask that question. Could it change? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, so here's a couple of things to avoid. This is helpful for people. Avoid thinking you should have a particular intent. 
Okay. okay. I mean, okay. what, what do you, what, let's talk about that for a second. What are things in your business journey and your career for what you've done to be so successful and what you've accomplished? What are some things that you've heard that like people in that industry or around that you listen to say that you should do, okay. but, but you didn't take it. You, you may have thought about it and you may have debated it, but like, what are things that people think you should do and what you do? Um, yeah. And I didn't take the advice, which is probably good. <clears throat> An example for me, like what? Be- an example would be um, about ed- educating your people that are in my industry, like you're specializing in something in online marketing. So for me, it's mostly social media and they'll be like, you know, you need to educate your audience. If you are the expert, as far as educating, like you're literally making videos and posts and content on social media and emails about like how to do this. Let me give you my top tip tips yep. for making this kind of video. And that's just not something I really do much. And I took a different path, which is totally not probably advisable. And it's worked out quite well. You know, but, I just but, didn't, I didn't go the traditional route basically. But can, let me dig on this just a little bit though. But why did you take, why did you avoid the advice? Cause it sounded boring to me. <laughs> okay. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't, it was, it didn't jive it, with your soul. It didn't sound fulfilling to me to only just get online and be a teacher because I'm a performer at heart ever since I was a child. And that's really my, probably my purpose is to bring people that joy and the smile and whatnot. So I thought, well, what's a different way we can do this. You can still get on social media and make really entertaining videos and still draw people into you and then go on to that next level. If they want to go with business, we can, right. It's, it's just like a welcome. It's like, welcome here. I'm, I'm not teaching you something. I'm making you smile kind of yeah. thing. So, so what me, you and I just did was the first step in uncovering your owner's intent is I asked you the question, what's some advice you, you, you didn't follow. Yeah. And what you told me was your values. Like you started, you started at the tip of this is what I value, meaning I don't value this. I value this. And I said, why is that important to you? Well, it's important to me because, and so if we had time and we were in a one-on-one environment, literally for 60 minutes, I would have then drilled a little bit more and said, okay, so you said for people to find joy and find happiness in the entertainment video. So why is it important for you? And so it's called the five whys exercise. And I would drill on you down to the five whys and then uncovering at the bottom of answering the question of like, why is this important to you? You share. Okay. But why is that truly important? And you keep drilling, 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 and you'll get down to a bedrock. And that's where you'll start to find like, that's what I truly want to do, who I am, what's in my soul. And you start to get real clear on the answers. And so that's one way to start the exercise. We just did it. So that's number one on the avoid. Number two, avoid what others think you should do. Oh, now. So good. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Who, if you can, (laughs) (laughs) who that loves you in your life has given you advice of what they think you should do, but it didn't jive with you and you didn't take it. Um, my mother put a lot of emphasis on, uh, completing, uh, a degree from a university. Okay. Um, Perfect. And I didn't, I didn't want to, and I didn't do it. Right. And so, <laughs> right. But, but, but it made but me feel bad. I had that guilt of like, Oh crap, I was supposed to do that. And I kind of made me feel kind of loserish for a while. It's only in recent years that I got through that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but a lot of people are dealing with that as one man or one lady shops. Yeah. And they have people around them 
that are saying different things of like they should or shouldn't. And you know, you don't have a clear owner's intent when that bothers you. Yeah. Okay. Because once you have a clear owner's intent, I could should on you all day long and you would just put an umbrella up of the owner's intent and then the should would just not get all over your face. <laughs> so, so, but, but seriously, that's, that's what it is. That's the mental picture is just like there's shooting is going to be happening. My umbrella is my owner's intent and I'm protected under that and I'm secure under that. And they just bounce off and it may happen all around me, but, but I'm good. I'm fine. I'm dry. I don't have to should or shouldn't. That so, is so, so fantastic and so relatable. Like I, I really, I lived yeah. that for a while. Thankfully I'm on the other side, but I completely understand. But wow. what, what I'll say though, is that it never ends. Like as, <laughs> as life changes, yeah. you know, d- different seasons of life, there'll be different things that come at you from different places. Right. So the third n- number three would be avoid what you think you can or can't do. This is important. When I started gravy, um, I was scared to start another business, really, really scared because I'm so freaking viscerally like kick-ass driven, right? That once I go in, it's like, I don't, I don't have anything in, of quit in me. And so truly like, like it's sick, it's sickening sometimes just they're like, no, I'm serious. Like I'll get trained with the Navy SEALs for a week just to see like, can they, will I, when will I break is like something that I just have inside of me. And so avoid what you think you can or can't do. Meaning the largest business I'd started at that point was, I mean, for some people think it was big, but for me, it wasn't, was a $5 million uh, business. And so I had this dream of of building a business that would be worth over a hundred million dollars. But I was always scared to even like, I don't, I couldn't do that. You know, like I'm just a, I can do this thing because I've done it three times in the past. And so when I built my owner's intent to start gravy, um, it had to be something that wasn't about like the money and this, that, and the other, it had to be about building something that mattered of significance. And so my owner's intent was to uh, build a company that my adult children will want to work at someday if they so chose to. And I didn't know if I could do that. Meaning all the other companies I'd build, I wouldn't have wanted my adult children to work out. Not because they were like ruthless or crazy. They just weren't stable, great organizations that like if my 30-year-old daughter came home and was telling me about this company, it wouldn't be that one. And so I wanted to build that one where when my daughter came home 30 years old or son came home 30, dad, I'm with this company. Let me tell you about let me tell you about how they do this onboarding. Let me tell you about the CEO made me tell him why I actually worked there and then encouraged me to have a side income, you know, all these different kinds of things. And so my point is in me even building that intent, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't, I didn't know. So, so, so for you and yours, it doesn't have to be something that you know you can accomplish. So don't worry about that. You just have to be honest. And that was in my soul of something I want to do. And essentially what my owners, my first owner's intent of gravy was, was to build something that I'm proud of. And I've never done that before. And so now we're five years in and, and, and living out this and it's not complete, but I can say I'm proud. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. So that's number three. Number four is avoid what anyone else thinks you can or can't do. So just don't like, you you have to get, you have to shed this. 
And this is why it helps to do this with people like in a coaching community or a friend or somebody, but like somebody that will not take your bullshit for an answer. Like somebody that's pretty tough on you will help you with this because they'll, they'll help you get out of, uh, I see this happen a lot of time, especially with smaller business owners, especially uh, like even my wife. So she's a, um, she stays home forever. And then she just started a business like 18 months ago. And I even, I'm even going home shooting on her. <laughs> yes. We don't mean to. No, I understand. <laughs> but for her to look at me and to avoid what anyone else thinks that she can or can't do, I would have said she, she is a terrible salesperson. Seriously. Like the, she is like the most laid back, whatever, nobody doesn't matter, all this kind of stuff. She got in her passion of helping people with their, with their health. And she's close. She closes everybody. <laughs> I know, but I would have said, yeah, you can't do that. No, even to my own wife, like unintentionally, just because I had this, you know, experience, but, but she had something in her that I didn't even know. And she called that out and she did that. Right. So avoid that. And then the fifth one, and this is the last one. This is very important. Avoid what sounds noble or good. That's surprising. I like it. Well, I, in my, in my book, I think it's, I think it's 1.8. Maybe I can't remember on the chapters. It was called, it's called my, my boudoir photography session. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so there was, uh, the, and I, people have, they're, they're like going to look me up on the internet now. And say, <laughs> right? they're like, hmm. boudoir. <laughs> be like, oh maybe i God. should go buy that book huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the uh now i've lost my train of thought not really i'm just thinking about myself literally in a boudoir session and it's pretty freaking <laughs> funny to think about <laughs> let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about small biz social society i created this mastermind membership back in 2020 because i wanted to help as many ambitious entrepreneurs as possible shine on social media this amazing community is going strong and is filled with smart creative and fun members that are all rising up together Small Biz Social Society members get access to a huge catalog of social media, online marketing, and business education led by guest experts and yours truly. And we add new classes and resources every single month. A member favorite is definitely our monthly power hour chat where members join me in a live Zoom call to have a business powwow. It's so fun. And the support is priceless. This membership is your one-stop shop, your main resource for online marketing and business guidance. And at just $18 per month, it's a steal. You don't have to do this alone. We're ready to welcome you with open arms. For more information, head to smallbizsocialsociety.com. Merry so, Christmas, Casey. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's her worst nightmare. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, which that's my wife's name, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Well, your listeners don't know that. Oh, yes, yes. It's so, a wife. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't doing a boudoir session for myself. <laughs> so anyway, this is good. Uh, but the good or noble means I had this lady. She was a, a boudoir photographer as a client. And so I wasn't actually her client. She was a client, her business. Um, and this is one I used to do consulting. And she told me like her, she always say, my mission is to impact 
a billion women. And I want to empower a billion women. I forget what the little nuance was, but basically this empower a billion women or whatever. And I, I don't care what you're, whatever you're trying to accomplish in business, you go do it or whatever. I just want it to be true. So every time I would talk to her, every, we'd have a coaching call every week. She, all she was doing was worried about money and talking about the sales process and doing this and this. And so after about four or five months, it's all about money, 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 money. And uh, she's like, I was like, well, well, why are you even care about this? And she's like, well, then the dollars and this, and I keep digging. And I go, you don't care about empowering a billion women. She's not one time talked about it. She's not one time measured it. And the way you know what somebody cares about is what stresses them out. Like the way you know what somebody cares about is what stresses them out. And so the, the thing that's stressing her out isn't this noble cause. Now, there's some people that social justice and empowerment or whatever, and that truly stresses them out. And on the weekends, they're thinking about it. This lady, she's saying it's this, but then all the things that stress her out is just money and finances and making more money and, and having more like financial success. And so I challenged her on it. She got really, really angry at me is that I was questioning like her ethics and all this kind of stuff. And we journeyed through it. But then she came to her own realization that because I asked the question, what are you willing to give up to impact one eighth of the world? Meaning most people that impact like Martin Luther King Jr. did. No, I'm serious. Like yeah. Nelson Mandela, all of these people like go to prison or like they have like these death threats on them. Like if you're truly trying to impact an eighth of the world, which think about Mark Zuckerberg has an eighth of the world on his platform and right. like whatever, like you're, you're telling me that's what your level is, right? What decisions are you making today to get to that level? And how are you measuring that? And what are you talking like, whatever? And she was just like, I'm not, I just, I just want to make $40,000 a month of net profit so that I can do these things. And we were able to get her to her true intent, meaning you don't have to have this good and noble mission. I see so many people, it's got, it's all this fluffy words and all this kind of stuff, but that's not truly what drives them. And so those are the five things that you've got to avoid in this. And now I'm going to shut up. No, I love, man, I love that last one so much. And that example of that story. And it's so, it's so, um, it's so relatable. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you included that. Cause I do think that so many people would feel like obligated yes. <laughs> to choose, like you say, some sort of noble mission. That's not true. If it's true, it's true. Cool. If it's not, it's not. And there's nothing to be ashamed of if it's that's not right. that, you know, I, I had a conversation with a gal that I know that we've collaborated on some stuff and she said something similar. There was like a, you could win a, you could win a trip, you know, you could win a trip to Mexico or some crap. She, and she told me, she said, you know, Brittany, I, I don't, I just don't really give a shit about winning trips. I just want to make money. And yeah. I was like, Thank you That's for telling it. me that. that. Perfect. Like I, we need that information to help each other. So, so yeah, I, I, I love that. And when you said what people care about is what stresses them out, like in their business, obviously yeah. in this case. And I started thinking about the, like the two main things that stress me out. And I was like, wow, he's right. Yeah. That's what, that's, that's what I care about most. Cause it's what you value. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, but, but, but the point of me saying all this is that all of these little triggers and things we've talked about, they're all, that's why it takes time to pressure test your owner's intent, because you're going to think it's something for a week. And what I say is set it, meaning 
pick one quick, but know that it's going to change over 90 days and pressure test it. Think through like a decision-making of like, like, you know, a hire or a fire, or you should have this or that, or I'm going to do this kind of video or this kind of video. And you pressure test. It's like, no, it's not really that. And so that's what I would say to people is like, to get down to it is to, uh, to, to work with a little bit. And it's not a, a zero sum game. Right. Right. This, I, oh wait, the, sorry. The audio kind of cut out for a second. What? Go ahead. I said there, there's three main drivers that I think would help your, your audience. I can say quickly, if you want to go there. Yes, please. Number one, it, it's in these three buckets, either income, independence, or influence. These are the three drivers that drive most business owners. Income, and here's the question that I would ask. What is the primary financial outcome you want for your business and when do you want it? Be super clear on that. And you can literally have an owner's intent that is that simple and that clear. And like, I, you can literally say, I am a financially driven person and I want to make I want to have $100,000 in my savings account by December 31st at 1159 PM. And that's, that's why I make every decision. So, so I say, Hey, Brittany, you should, you should have eight people. Nope. Can't have eight people because four, I know I can get to this. And that's why I do again. That's kind of the, yep. the, the mindset. All right. The second one's independence. That's, that's your freedom of time. Right. Yeah. These are all about freedom, by the way. Totally. For 30 years, for 30 years, they've asked the question, why are you a business owner from single men and lady shops all the way up to big ones? And the number one answer for over 30 years has been freedom. But there's three types of freedom, income, and then there's independence. And here's the question for that. What do you want to be able to decide about your time and schedule? What Everything. Do you want? Okay. <laughs> well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then you have to work backwards then to go, sure. well, right? Like, that's why I'm going to set up this structure, why I'll do these things, or why I won't do these things, or this is the kind of business I'm going to be in. Because if I want to decide everything about my schedule, but then I open a personal training business, nope, can't do it, right? Because I can't decide everything, meaning I can't record a video and put it online. I can do that whenever I want to do. But if I have another client, I've got a coach. I can't do that. So, so that's the kind of, that's how this gets practical of like, oh, I can't, I can't, or I can't do that. So that's independence. And then number three is influence. This is influence, the freedom to influence people. Cause most people believe they want to be an influencer, but they really want to use influence to make money. Oh, but there's true influencers in the world, but they're rare. And it would be this, what kind of impact do you want to have from owning your business? Meaning the impact is really what they measure, not the income and not their independence. Right. And so, and so, so those are rare. Um, and, 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 but, but, but they do exist. So those are the three types of owner's intent that I would think through to drive down to finding what uh, mine would be. What? <clears throat> Okay. Those are so good. So what do you like, what do you think that, cause when you say all three of those, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know what I mean? I'm not like, Oh, only, only income or only influence. When you say all three of those, I'm like, check, check, check. Yeah. Oh, but wow. there's a primary. Right. So, okay. So that's what I was going to ask you next. So how do you, so, so you're going to have a primary for sure. Even yes. if the other ones are of some 
you know, importance to you, of course, it doesn't which mean I guess they're, they're going to be. Yeah. It doesn't mean they're not important. It just means that every decision that you make, like there's going to be number one priority is X. So if it's money, you're willing to give up a little bit of your independence so you can get more money. Yeah. Right. Right. If it's independence, you will always think through, no, 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 I'm not, I will not sacrifice. I don't care if I got $20,000 to do that. I'm going to have to give up this. And this is most important to me. Right. I feel like also maybe <clears throat> just like you were saying earlier with how things can change that can change. Right. Because oh, like, yeah. I mean, I know for me, um, starting out in the business and still, still, because I'm only on year four, um, it's, it's like, it's income. I mean, my husband and I swapped places. He lost his job in 2020. And all of a sudden I had so many months to, to amp it up and make the money that he made. And, um, that was a decision. I, I didn't have to, we wanted to, but anyway, so in, in those first, in these last, you know, few years, I've been in that mode of like, it, it actually is about the income because I'm mm -hmm. literally feeding my children and paying for their, yeah. you know, Christmas gifts or whatever. But, um, I, I love how I personally, and I feel like you probably agree. Like I am feeling that shift though. It's like, okay, all right. Got that. I feel like I've built a foundation there and now I can start leaning more into the other ones. If that mm -hmm. makes, does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And so what I found is what I found is, um, there's a level to where, uh, and it's different for every different industry and every different type of business to where your income doubling would mean so much giving up of independence that it's just not worth it. Right. And so there is a level of lifestyle business that is a great level of like, it was income, 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 and then it switches to independence because I have this and I'm just there to maintain that it's not my primary driver. Now my primary driver is this. Right. And so that is true. Uh, I see it happen all the time and totally find it to do or, 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 um, or influence where you can do good and you can have lots of time to go do the things that you want to do to impact other people. If it's a volunteer or save the world or whatever that would be. Right. <clears throat> okay, cool. I'm glad I asked that. Cause I feel like that's super relatable as well. Um, uh, okay. So I want to ask you something else that's not necessarily in all of these yep. tips that you've given, but something that I read in your book that I would love for you just before we only, we have a few minutes left. I want to make sure and ask you this. You talked about, um, owner operators, which mm -hmm. like almost everybody listening to the show is an owner operator. That's right. Most likely. Um, I just know my audience and you talked about how, how it's like different. I'm, I'm messing. I'm not trying to quote you. I'm probably totally screwing it up, but basically that it's, it's difficult, right. To be owner and operator. It's not always easy to shift that mindset and like how, right. and how you would operate when you're in owner mode versus operator mode. Would you just like speak to that just for a few minutes? Cause I feel like that is so freaking valuable. Yeah. So I actually, I used to have a hat over here where it said owner and I would literally have to put the owner hat on literally. <laughs> To say, is this the owner talking or the operator? And the best way I know how to describe this is um, when you're the same person, it's really hard to like make the shift. But what you've got to do is act like, hey, I'm quitting my business in 30 days. But I want the business to deliver me X amount of results. 
So let's just say it's $2,000 a month. So I'm quitting and the business has to deliver $2,000 a month. And I want to come to one meeting a month and um, I want to get a financial report on the 15th of every month. And that's all I want to do in the business. So that would be me as a solopreneur putting on the owner hat saying, this is what I want from the business. That's what the owner decides. Take the hat off, put the operator hat on. The operator hat comes in and goes, here is what I have to do to achieve these results to make the owner happy. Okay? And so these are two separate human beings. Literally, you have to say, the owner wants this from the business, the operator. And most of the time, what I've found is that when it's owner operator together is that it's 97% operator think of like all the crap we've got to do just to get by whatever. And here's what I found. The owner is never happy, but we're the same person. So we never feel fulfilled. We never feel like it's done. We never feel like we did enough. It always feels like there could be more to do. All of these different kind of things, because we never put the owner hat on and said, as the owner, I'm okay with it being $2,000 a month. But if you're just in the business and operator, you get $2,000 a month and you still see more opportunity, then you're going to go, we should get to four. But what if that doesn't match with what makes the owner happy, but you're the same person? That's what happens. And so you've got to act like you're quitting your business. Somebody else is going to run it. And what would you have to get in return for you to be happy as an owner? And that's the true owner mindset. And that's where you, your owner's intent will come from. Oh my God. That's so freaking good. I, I have to, I'm, I'm going to read this one sentence from, or these two sentences from your book. It All says, right. it says, because when you're the owner, you want to change the world. And when you're the operator, you simply want to order takeout. <laughs> <laughs> I read that and I started laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, that is, that is completely true. Um, and there was something about, you know, the, the operator is, is, is working everyone like crazy type of thing. And, and it's just also true, but I I'm, thankful that you split that up and, and you actually had a hat. Maybe I should get a hat. Um, <clears throat> because sometimes I'm good at that. And sometimes I'm, I'm not. So, well, here's the practical way to get good at it. You ready? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Say, Hey Siri. And my phone's going to go off, uh, <laughs> on your phone. If you have an iPhone and set a reminder every single week, uh, say a, a, an ongoing reminder and you need to have an owner meeting every Friday morning at 930 and have it have an alarm go off on your phone. And it is a constant reminder of, am I just doing crap? Or like, am I focused on what's going to make the owner, which is aka me actually happy with this business. And uh, I found that works. And most people will avoid uh, avoid the alarm. And the reason they'll avoid the alarm is because uh, it's hard work to think like an owner. Right. It is. Okay. But it's worth it. To yes, of course. I love that so much. I, when, I mean, I actually laughed out loud when I read, when I read that and I <laughs> felt like he is talking to me right now for sure. And to so many other people, which is why it's so good. Um, before I let you go, I have two more things I want to ask you about. Um, well, yeah. One thing is your newsletter. You have you, I mean, your newsletter that you send out every week is yeah so important to you that it's literally like the headline 
or tagline. What do they call that in LinkedIn? I should know. But anyway, on LinkedIn, I mean, you, it says I send out a weekly, I want to know about that. Like what's up with your newsletter? Like why, why did you start doing that? What inspired that? How long have you been doing that? Yeah. Um, I started in December. I have 3,922 people who've opted in from December until now. And now, now is everyone, this is March, just so you know. So that's not very long. (laughs) No. Wow. Um, What spurred it on the real story is that I put a picture up of my son and I uh, not even actually showing a dead animal, but talking about going hunting Ah. and, and LinkedIn censored, they censored me and took my, put, took, took it down. And then I got locked out of my LinkedIn account and you would have acted like I did some like egregious, (laughs) crazy, sinful thing. And it just hit me of going like, wow, I've got all my eggs in this basket. And, and so I said, well, I opened a MailChimp account that day. I've got the worst landing page in human history. It literally just says name and email and the Casey Graham newsletter. There's I, n- I went to it. I filled it out. It, it was great. It was clean. I like it. <laughs> I know, but, 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 but I did it because I wanted to take my, whatever influence I, I'm able to gratefully have on LinkedIn and move people to something that then I could own and control. Yep. And I put my best foot forward every week uh, to that newsletter. And um, I'm part, I'm in a 25 year vision. Currently I'm four years into a 25 year vision of starting seven non-related companies um, that my kids would be proud to work at one day if they so chose to. And gravy is the first episode of that. Um, But I'm building this newsletter because of all of the, um, the, the, the people I'm going to need and the hires I'm going to need to make and all of those different things that are going to happen over the next 10, 15, 20 years. And I believe if I'm really good to that email list and really valuable that literally for a decade that they will tune in and they'll listen if it comes in and they're like, that crap is helpful and good for me. And then I will extract value from that list when I need to do things like hire people or, you know, different things like that. And so it's basically a big networking tool and that's why I do it. It's that's fantastic. That's like, that's one of the best answers I've ever heard for why somebody sends out emails, but, but you're so right about the the potential for any sort of censorship, but for all kinds of things on social yeah. media and it, and it can be, and, and even before censorship was so trendy for everyone um, on, in, that in controlling the social media platforms the past couple of years before that though, you still, ha- I mean, you know, someone like me would still teach someone, you know, the power of, <clears throat> of an email list. Cause you're right. You do own it. Yes. And it's a, it's a, it's a totally different deal. It's like, it's like this podcast, you know, being able to come out on here and talk, right. talk to each other. So I'm glad that I asked you that because it's actually a really good tip for everybody. Um, and how does that, how does everybody sign up for that? Um, actually, I have no idea. No. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. So no, here it is. They, they gave me a, they gave me this damn thing. It's uh go to don't fail.biz. Okay. Okay. Don't fail.biz. Don't we, fail. We, that biz. We yeah. will make sure and put a link to it on our website. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can go there, but, but I, the last thing I, can I say one last thing? I would love it. Um, and I'll, I'll try to say this in a nice way. 
I've rarely presented this information to people in person and even on our team and on podcasts and things like this, where people like totally disagree that they shouldn't have an owner's. Most people generally agree, like that's, that's a good idea. And what I've also found is most people never do anything with it. And the reason why is because it's important for your life and your legacy. And the things that are important to life and legacy are often the things that we put in the back of the mind and they only come to fruition when our life or, or life around us as we know it, if somebody dies or if there's a bad season or there's something and we go, I want to be this kind of person. Well, you're headed in a direction to be a person that's going to be somebody with a legacy of some sort. You are creating your legacy. You are creating your life. You are creating the things and the stories that will be told about you. The question is, are you being intentional about it? And that's all I would ask you is to take yourself fast forward to the end. And the last chapter of my book is my obituary. And I challenge everybody to write an obituary. It's 500 words. That's it. Only 500 words. And that's what is read about you on the day that you die and make that come true. And if you do that, whether you're a single man shop or a billionaire or everywhere all in between, you can live a life of fulfillment. You can live a life that inspires people. You can live a life that, that, that for the people around you where they're the people that love you the most and they know you the most, which are very rare for that to happen, that you actually were intentional enough to do that. But it starts with beginning with the end in mind with the obituary. And so that's the place to start. Go to don'tfail.biz and you can, I have an outline and I have my example and my obituaries there that you can use and it's in the book as well. I love that you just said everything you just said, because it goes beautifully with the last thing I wanted to say, <clears throat> and it's quoting you one more time from the book. And it says, you don't have to wait until the end of your life to realize you never became the person you wanted to be in business, in life. I love it. So inspiring. Um, thank you, Casey. Damn. I mean, I feel like I just went to therapy. I bet you everybody feels that way. I don't, who needs a therapist? We got Casey. <laughs> That's can I funny. have you on every week? People, what? Hey, you, do you, can I tell you what? My, this is the last thing for real. My dream podcast. Yeah. What I want to do, but like nobody, nobody will tell me it's a good idea. Uh, I want to have a podcast for people, business owners on voice disguisers. Ooh. And I want to ask the down and dirty shit of business and yeah. life and behind the scenes because I get the calls. Because I'm so open, they call me with all this stuff. Like I raised $500 million and literally three weeks later, they're calling me, talking to me about their kid and their wife and how their life's a mess. And I want those stories. And so maybe you can help me one day with that and we can be co-hosts. Oh, I am down. I'm loving This sounds juicy. It's juicy. I uh, love it. That would be fantastic. An automatic hit for sure. Um <laughs> Casey, thank you so much for taking the time to yeah. be here. Everybody go to the show notes so that you can connect with Casey, the, the email newsletter, find him on LinkedIn, follow him. Trust me. You want to follow this man. You want him a, a part of your, your online, your virtual life, and maybe even your real life. And the book is the no BS small business book, how to win when most fail go get it. I'm reading it myself. I want you to tell me um, when you start reading it and we can compare notes and have fun with it together. Thanks, Casey. 
Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, and Clubhouse. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye.